Hey everybody, welcome to Gun Freedom Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Todd, and I am chatting today with my good friend, Jeff Knox. Now, Jeff is the director of the Firearms Coalition. He is a second generation rights activist following in the footsteps of his father, gun rights legend, Neil Knox, who spent 40 years in the trenches of the gun rights battle. Jeff is a regular columnist and contributor to a variety of print and online publications. He, along with his brother Chris, maintain firearmscoalition.org. And Jeff is a member of the organizing committee of this really cool rally that is coming up on November 2nd on the lawn of the United States Capitol Building in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thank you, Cheryl. It's always great to talk with you. We, we hardly ever get to see each other, even though we just live down the street from one another. We uh, meet up in Chicago and Atlanta and Dallas and wherever. And uh, when I go to the shop, you're never there. And uh, <laughs> But every now and then we catch up. So it's always glad. I'm always glad to talk with you, Cheryl. It's, it's a pleasure. Well, me as well. And the shop you mentioned is our gun store, azfirearms.com. And uh, yeah, I am so rarely there anymore, but we're doing a cool expansion. So um, I'll definitely have to go and see what all Danny's been doing and hopefully mm -hmm. say, hey, that was a good idea. <laughs> so. Well, anybody in Arizona, if you don't know AZ Firearms, uh, you absolutely need to go visit. It, it was the coolest little gun shop I've ever been in and now it is growing and going to be the coolest bigger gun shop that that you'll see I mean where else can you go and look at a howitzer and a mark 19 and a gatling gun and and just everything in between the pocket pistol to the howitzer for crying out loud well um, thank so. you for all of that and you know, Danny, my husband Danny thought he had me fooled for a long time, but I know this is really the Danny Todd collection. That's why there's so many names. <laughs> uh, it just happens to fall under the name AZ Firearms, and, and it is in Avondale, Arizona. So thank you. That was a nice little commercial for us. Uh, much Anytime. So I want to dive right in, and then we're going to cover a lot of topics, uh, including the book I see over your shoulder there, uh, which I have a copy here, The Gun Rights War. We're going to come back around to that. Um, but I want to dive right into this rally. This is the coolest thing that is developing. Um, where did it come from? Why right now? What is the reason right now for it? And really, what is it? Is it a is is it what I think it is, this cool unity project where we're just bringing American citizens together to, to celebrate our freedoms and protect what we have left? Well, Cheryl, it, it's been a theme of mine for a long time, and it was a theme of my father's as well, that you are the gun lobby. And I'm talking to you, all of you that are listening to this, watching this, you are the gun lobby. It is not these fancy suits up in Washington, D.C., when, when the media says the gun lobby did this or the gun lobby will do that, what they're painting a picture of is the guys in the expensive suits, shady characters, 
in a smoke-filled room, slipping money into the pockets of politicians to make them vote the way they want to vote, want them to vote. And, and that's not true at all. You are the gun lobby. And when they, when they talk about the gun lobby, they're talking about you. The other uh, angle on that is that the NRA is the gun lobby. And that's not accurate either. NRA members are the gun lobby. The NRA is part of our gun lobby voice, just as I am, that um, I'm your hired gun in the gun lobby, <laughs> as the NRA is your hired gun in the gun lobby. But you're the gun lobby. And that's the thing that we really want to bring out with this rally. And that was kind of the focus behind it. We were talking one day, a group of us, and somebody suggested the idea of of having a rally and the the motivation behind it really it, it comes back around to NRA a little bit that the the media was reporting that the gun lobby is weakened, that NRA is crippled because of the controversy about things at the top in the leadership of NRA. And we all know about all of those accusations and the lawsuits and the investigations and and all of that. And we said, you know, we need to really bring out the fact that that they're not the gun lobby. We are. All of us are. Everyone is. And and we need to show that, you know, uh, what's the the phrase? Uh, you, the the rumors of my death are exaggerated. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're the gun lobby yeah. and. A the rumors of our, our our death are greatly exaggerated because we're we're still here and we're not going away. We're paying attention, and we're unifying in a way that the gun lobby hasn't been unified in a long, long time, if not in forever. Mm -hmm. um, the gun owners represent a really broad spectrum of Americans. There are liberal gun owners, there are homosexual gun owners, there are transsexual gun owners, there are soccer mom gun owners, there are, you know. Polka dot the, wearing ladies gun owners. Polka dot wearing <laughs> ladies gun owners, there are uh, old white guy gun owners, there are old black guy gun owners, there are uh, Hispanic gun owners, um, everybody, the Second Amendment, and this is Tony Simon, I, I love his organization, 2A4E. The Second Amendment is for everyone. And that's the point that we really want to make. And I also, I want to slide in there that even though several of us that were in that initial discussion and, and decided that this was the time and that it was the right time to make this happen, on very short notice, and yes, we know that it's short notice. We're aware of that. You don't have to point it out in Facebook <laughs> and on Twitter. Oh, Jeff, did you know? By the way, it was short notice. I'm just yeah. Okay, yeah, just make I sure did, just <laughs> and and it wouldn't have been my preference. But the other side of that coin is that short notice gives um, immediacy. Uh, this is what advertising people say, you know, push that this is the once in a lifetime opportunity. It's going to happen right now. And, and you need to jump on it. And absolutely, that's true in this case. But one of the first things that the organizing committee decided and was very, very clear about 
is that this is not going to be a rally for any organization or against any organization. It is of, for, and by the gun lobby. There is no big umbrella over us from, from a national organization. Uh, I'm probably the biggest national organization involved uh, in, in the organization of it. I'm not providing any underwriting for it because I don't have anything to underwrite it with. I'm underwriting my ticket to DC, but it's um, there. So there is no national group that is, is over this. There is no secret agenda that's behind this. Um, The only thing is let's bring the gun lobby together visibly and in, in a visible place and let's see what we can do. Let's give people something to do because right now we're under attack. We're under attack in ways that we haven't been in decades, if ever. And it's, it's a treacherous place to be. And I think that our gun owners, our, our, our gun voters, our gun lobby want to do something and here's something to do. And then they can go home and that can echo back throughout the country, that energy, that unity, that dynamic. And I think that it's, it's going to be a great success. I do too, honestly. Um, you know, a l- one of the metrics for any event that we throw, because we throw a lot mm-hmm. of events here in Arizona, or any event that anyone puts energy behind, one of the metrics is, how many bodies arrived, right? That is, of course, important because the people that buy their tickets and drive over or ride their bikes or whatever they do to get to the lawn of the Capitol building on Saturday, November 2nd, 2019, that's important to have that, that physical energy, to have that collaboration, to have that networking opportunity. That is super important. We do, however, live in an era like never before, that the, the Facebook Lives that happen on the ground, the videos that are shot, the, the media organizations like Gun Freedom Radio and the hundreds of others that I anticipate will be there, the stories that they tell, those are gonna live on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna reach people that didn't have an opportunity, whether their calendar didn't work or their budget didn't work or whatever, um, to participate even though they can't physically be there. So if, if the only people that show up are the speakers that are gonna stand on the stage, it's still a success. Now I Absolutely. know I know for a hundred percent that that there are going to be a lot of people who are physically showing up, but I just say that it's about anything that you do. The success is in what you glean from it for yourself and what you offer to others who are participating. So it is going to be a success. Period. End of story. Mm-hmm. It is going to be. <clears throat> excuse me a unity project for me like if someone else wants to make it something less than a unity project well maybe that's their thing but for me that's exactly what i'm going there for i want to see the american citizen you know you can be anti the tool right 
anti the gun, not ever own a gun, kind of wish that nobody had to ever own a gun, and still be pro-rights, pro-Second Amendment. Mm -hmm. So this is less about the tool itself and everything to do with our unique and precious American rights. And so um, I'm, I'm so excited that it's happening. I, won, I was gonna be there anyway, but then I did have the honor of, of being asked to speak. And um, I, my head is swirling with all the things that you know, I, I'm gonna wanna say, but I know that you're gonna be standing there with that big hook you know, that big, right. you know, shepherd's hook and, and, and you will remove me from the microphone. So I'm, I'm aware of my time constraint because there's so many awesome people who are coming to speak. Can you share some? I know that we don't know everybody yet because, you know, there's that drama. There's that, hey, stay tuned because tomorrow you might learn who else is coming. But um, who, who can you tell us is going to be on that stage? Well, if, uh, if folks want to go to secondamendmentrally.com, and that's 2ndamendmentrally.com, um, and I'm looking at my computer here, and, and I'll run down some of it. Uh, Chris Chang, who was the, the winner of Top Shot, uh, the TV show, uh, season four, I think, which was, I think, their biggest season. That was a, a big one. And Chris is a great guy, competitive shooter. Um, just fantastic guy. Joshua Prince is a prominent firearms attorney in Pennsylvania. Eric Pratt from Gun Owners of America is going to be speaking. Diana Muller, who everyone recently saw testifying before Congress when she said, well, you guys passed this assault weapons ban. I will not comply. Um, and that kind of resonated with the troops. Uh, John Patton from The Gun Collective. If you haven't seen The Gun Collective on YouTube, holy cow, go watch John Patton at The Gun Collective. And of course, uh, Adam Kraut's legal brief was, is, has been part of uh, The Gun Collective and uh, great programming. Kevin Dixie. And of course, you know Kevin, you just did a, did a thing with him uh, at, at your place the other day. Uh, Eric Blanford, who is Iraq veteran 8888 on YouTube. Again, a very big audience, big influencer. Uh, Craig DeLuce from uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition is going to be there. Mike Salvini from Walk the Talk America. Uh, Ken Blanchard, black man with a gun. Gotta love Ken. Um, absolutely great guy. Gabby Franco, professional shooter, competitor. Um, awesome. Our own Cheryl Todd is going to be there. Uh, uh, Matt, uh, I can't, I never know how to pronounce Matt's last name. LaRossier uh, from the Firearms Policy Coalition. Um, Maj Touré from Black Guns Matter. Maj is a great speaker, brings a dynamic that us old white guys just can't quite bring. Um, <laughs> speaking of old white guys, Rob Pincus is on the agenda. Uh, I, of course, am, am going to have my maybe two or three minutes <laughs> to present in between everybody else. Uh, Anthony Calandro from Gun for Hire in New Jersey, who is also a member of the NRA Board of Directors. Uh, he's going to, to present. Uh, Carrie Sloan, uh, Shotguns and Stilettos and what is it? We the Female 
Yes. That's yeah. I'm, I'm always not sure because I'm not, but she is, you are. So, um, you know, a, a really great group of people. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the others that are, are not on those lists, haven't been released yet, but, uh, that's, that's what we know so far. Um, we've got invitations out to some prominent political figures have had some, some turndowns, short notice, uh, going to be out of town for this or out of town for that. They do tend to run away on the weekend. And, uh, but uh, actually, I, I have a phone call with the White House this afternoon. So um, we'll see what they want to try and do to reach our audience. This is the other opportunity that this presents mm -hmm. is that the politicians are, are, already paying attention they're looking and we're not saying that we're going to bring in a hundred thousand people or a million gun owners or or anything like that um our expectation is somewhere in the five to ten thousand range we're not going to be in the massive open center of the the mall in dc we're going to be in front of the capitol um where an anti-gun, anti-rights group did a rally just a couple of weeks ago and, and had, gosh, I think 300 people show up for that. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and a gaggle of representatives turned out for those 300 people and gave their little speeches on the little stage with a big banner behind them that the Capitol Police said we couldn't have a banner like that. So they're um, on the same payroll. So what are you going to yeah. say? <laughs> yeah. So different rules. Maybe not the Capitol Police. I don't mean the Capitol Police. Yeah. I mean the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. But, but at any rate, that's some of what's going on. That's some of the people who are going to be there. And we really, really hope that uh, all of your listeners will be there as well. Absolutely. I agree with that. And the list of names that you read off, and then there are more, uh, speakers that will be announced, mm -hmm. it shows the diversity. It shows that, you know, the people that Maj Ture can speak to mm -hmm. that are never going to listen to the polka dot lady, you know, like, right. who are you? Go bake something, you know, it's a, the Betty Crocker look, Go, you know, they're, they're going to have their voice represented by Maj. The people mm -hmm. that are more like, you know, the polka dots or my camo, I'm, I'm for gun rights, I'm maybe even a gun owner, but, you know, I'm not the tactical guy or gal. They'll feel like they were spoken for through my voice. You know, Mike yep. Spudini, he represents the, the mental, that bridge between the mental health and the firearms world. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. That. And that's one that we really need to be paying attention to. We as a, a community, the rights community, gun owners, need to really be um, aware of, we tend to throw this mental health thing out there um, as an alternative to shooting at guns. Well, shoot at crazy people. And yeah. that's not, that's not, as productive as as some people think and we need to be aware of that and we particularly need to be aware of suicide prevention 
and we need to be in the forefront of suicide prevention because um, not only is it a tragedy, it's a tragedy that reflects back on us and creates problems for, for us. So, um, and, you know, these are our people that are choosing to take their lives with firearms. Um, by definition, they're gun owners, uh, almost all of them. So we need, to, we need to make a better effort in that direction. And something else about it is I, I'm not a big identity politics kind of guy. I'm, I'm not in favor of approaching things that way. And we didn't, we didn't say, oh, we need a black guy. Oh, we need a, a, a lady in polka dots. Oh, we need, we, need, we need somebody who's gay. Oh, we need somebody who, you know, represents. We said, who's really good and brings an audience that we might not otherwise bring? Mm -hmm. um, how, how do we reach more people? Well, uh, Maj is a great example of that. Maj and I <clears throat> disagree on a lot of politics. The Liberal Gun Club, I, I disagree with almost everything uh, <laughs> that, that personally yeah. that the Liberal Gun Club folks follow and believe. But we agree on the Second Amendment and we agree on gun ownership. And while we might disagree on this politician or that politician or this initiative or that initiative, we can agree that the Second Amendment means what it says and we need to defend that. Um, Absolutely. And, and that's, that's important too. Throwing out terms like, you know, libtard and repuclican or whatever it is and, and you know, epithets at one another and um, no, I disagree with some of their choices when they vote. And so what I want to do is, is convince them that voting Second Amendment first is more productive in the long run, more important in the overall picture. And once I do that, well, then maybe we can shift on some of the other issues that I, that I hold dear. But for right now, no, the focus, the focus is the Second Amendment. The focus is the Bill of Rights and defending rights. And we need to get together on that. And this is an opportunity for us to do that. Absolutely. So um, the, the whole idea of, you know, how many ways you can slice and dice and divide people, um, that's always a frustration for me just personally and, uh, when I see how the Second Amendment has been used as this political entity. Wedge. Wedge, yeah. Football, like whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, doing something like this rally completely takes that power away from the people that want to say, oh, you're a gun owner, so therefore you must therefore be white, uh, over 50, a dude, and probably have some camo in your closet. And oh, by the way, you're a Republican, a conservative, something like that. We're, we're gonna dispel all of that by bringing together the people that uh, you are, are bringing together, not just on the speaker panel, the stage, but also in the, the audience. And mm -hmm. that is what America is, right? I mean, we, we can definitely, 
uh, debate and we can, you know, get really passionate about the things that we believe in, but we have some common uh, denominators, some common values. And if the Second Amendment isn't that, then I don't know what it is and why would there have been such a concerted effort over those past several however many years or decades to to really pick and pick and pick at that why would there be such a concerted effort if it weren't for the truth of what i just said that is a unifier the second amendment is a unifier because what more is a human right a civil right a woman's right than our right to self-preservation and self-defense mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, um, it's a fundamental human right to be able to defend yourself. It's a personal choice on what methods you deem necessary for your self-defense. And, you know, people want to argue to the absurd and, and say, well, you can't have tactical nuclear weapons in your personal defense arsenal. Um, Yet. Yeah, no, yeah, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, you know, I, I mean, Mike Dillon used to have a, a fighter aircraft with all of the guns intact, and he would fly around and shoot explosives in the desert. Um, if you've got the money, I, I guess, you know, go for it. But, but realistically, you know, for you, for me, um, how is that someone else's business to decide how I choose to protect my family, how you choose to defend yourself, um, that you should have that taken away. I, I really hope to see a lawsuit come out of that uh, um, uh, Virginia Beach uh, atrocity. The, the woman talked about that she had a coworker who was scaring her. She had talked to people about him. She had, you know, raised the issue. And she talked with her husband about taking a gun to work just in case. And she decided to follow the official policy of the, the municipality there and not break the rules and take a gun with her. And she was killed. Yeah. Um, had she not followed the rules or had those rules not been in place, there's a very good possibility that he might have you know, stepped into her door and the attack ended right there. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, you know, that's something to consider. And all of these people who are, are leading the charge, uh, the Mike Bloomberg's and the Chuck Schumer's and the Nancy Pelosi's and, and Beto O'Rourke, you know that they've got guys with guns that follow them around and make sure that they're safe. And I raise the question, what makes them more important than me? They might be more important to more people than I am, but they're not more important than I am to me or than my wife is to me and my grandkids are to me. And they deserve as much protection as I can possibly figure out how to provide for them. And so I do. And it's no one else's choice to make that decision for me. And I, I don't understand why that, that choice argument isn't more resonant among the, the ladies like yourself that, that uh, you know, 
choice is important and this is an important choice to make. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, just like with anything else, it, it is kind of the, the less vocal majority, um, mm -hmm. women, ladies who we get that mama bear thing that comes up in us. I mean, so we understand it. And if we think our way through it to its ultimate end, okay, possibly somebody is going to physically try to harm me or mine. Someone might possibly in doing that have the tool, the firearm. Mm -hmm. Where do I want to see me myself in that scenario? I want to see myself being able to match that level of um, firepower, for lack of a better mm -hmm. word. And I mean, I grew up with that phrase, don't bring a, a knife to a gunfight. And that just always resonated with me. I mean, I'm, uh, I grew up with three brothers. And so there was plenty of scrapping going on in the household, especially when dad was off working all the time. But um but you know, I'm a non-aggressive type of person, but I understand that that is a tool in my toolbox. Aggression is a tool mm -hmm. in my toolbox. And uh, I want to have that ultimate firepower of the firearm of my choice with the amount of projectiles, bullets, right? Of my choice, because I don't know if there's gonna be a one predator who's gonna maybe knock down my door someday or or a, a gang of them so <clears throat> anyway I do think there are plenty of women who do get it but a lot of them are shamed into silence or just tend to be you know like I'm a concealed carry holder if I didn't have this show that I was talking to other people about you know what what my values and beliefs are nobody would ever know that because that's what concealed it Nobody would ever know what gun I carry or guns, right? Or knives or whatever it is I carry. Um, and uh, so, so I do think there are plenty of ladies who aren't bought into that noise out there with the mom's demand, whatever. Right. Uh, right. <clears throat> but um, well, and there are, there are a lot of people who uh, I wrote a, a column about this uh, several months ago, uh, maybe a year ago or more. Um, the the whole sheep and sheepdog and wolves analogy of uh, Colonel Grossman, and it, it's I I contend that he left a category out. Um, yes, there are sheep. Yes, there are wolves. We know that um, the wolves eat the sheep, and then there are sheepdogs. The sheepdogs protect the sheep. They stop the wolves, but. There's also porcupines, and I would put you in the category of a porcupine. My wife is a porcupine. It's, I don't want to hurt anybody. Right. I don't want to jump into the middle of something and put myself or my family at risk. Right. I, I'm not there to protect the sheep. Right. I'm there to protect me. Right. And, and so I, I call them the porcupines. And Realistically, with the way our laws are today and the way the judges interpret things today, it, it's very, very dangerous to be a sheepdog unless you have a badge to go along with it. It's much less dangerous to be a porcupine. If, 
if I'm in a movie theater or a shopping mall and shooting starts, I'm going to get my family away to safety. I personally, I'm inclined towards the sheepdog. Mm -hmm. And I, if my family is safe or they're not with me, I, I like to think that I would move towards the gunfire instead of moving away. But until that happens, I don't know. And I've been carrying a gun for over 35 years on a regular basis, uh, routinely. I've never touched it in anger or fear in all of that time. But my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my mother, and both of my sisters have had occasion to lay their hands on a gun and say, you need to stop. Mm. In the case of my great-grandmother, she killed a man when she was 16 years old. Mm. Um, He was knocking down the front door of her home. She was there with all of her little siblings, and she was the oldest. And he was telling, as he's kicking the door in, what he was going to do to all of them. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't do that. Um, She stopped him. And that was a traumatic experience that she wished and I wished and everyone wished she had never had to go through, but it was a whole lot better than the alternative. And that's, that's that. But we're kind of off on this subject. This is a controversy about the rally. And let's jump right into that if you'd yeah. like. Yes. And I, I mean, I was very much right there with you in, on that topic and we could rabbit hole on that with a different um, interview for sure. But one of the things that I wanted to get back to with the idea of there's so many different ways that that people can be sliced and diced and placed into little boxes and, and be divided in that way is there seems to be um, mostly with this rally, I'm experiencing enthusiasm and excitement and people are just super jazzed that it's happening and wishing mm-hmm. they could be there and planning to be there. But there are, there's a certain level of, I'm just gonna, I mean, my degree field is psychology. So I'm going to call it immature thinking that there's only one way that you can fight for the second amendment or else, you know, you're not a true uh, mm-hmm. constitutionalist or you know, there's just only one way to skin a cat and that if you're not doing it that way, then, you know, what's the point? Why are you doing it? What's your real motivation? And as individual as those voices, they each have their own one way, right? And so um, I know that you uh, being on the organization committee, you're probably dealing with a fair amount of that. And one of the things that I'm hearing kind of over and over again is that, well, this should be not a, a rally of celebration, but this should be a, um, uh, a, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, like you're coming against. Um, a protest. A protest. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that if you aren't encouraging people to non-comply because one of your speakers is Diana Muller and she said, I will not comply. So clearly you should be non-compliance. You should have people strapped with their AR-15s on their back and open carry and concealed carry or else you're not really doing something for the Second Amendment. And I, I think that is a tool in the toolbox of We the People. Mm-hmm. That is not the tool that the people that have organized this rally are using. And if these other people want to organize that, go, go with God, do that. Right. Right. Yeah. That works out for you. Um, 
but uh, but for this particular one, I I think that the the angle that you've chosen, the unity angle. Um, I've lost your video. There you are. The unity angle where you can include all American citizens. You're not making it about the gun. I think it's a beautiful way to go. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm going to reach a cord here. It's telling me that my uh, that my camera is having problems. So I'm going to uh, okay. try and make sure that it uh, I can, doesn't die on us. I can see you fine. Um, it goes the other way. There it is. Now I have no idea if that's... Oh, um, now you're gone. I'm going to pause for a second. Well, there, there are really two, two broad categories of naysayers for the rally, um, and then a third lesser category. The, the, probably the broadest category of naysayers are those who say, gun owners just don't do this stuff. Gun owners don't attend rallies. It's not going to, you're going to have a crappy turnout and there's not going to be many people there and it's going to look bad for us. And so that's not good. So I'm not going to go or I'm not going to promote it or I'm not going to help. And it's like, dude, we're not asking for money. We're not demanding that you attend. What we're asking is if you have an audience, share the information with your audience. Try not to be negative about it maybe that 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 would help maybe not have it be a self-fulfilling prophecy um and uh you know if you can make it make it you know encourage people that's that's what we would really like to see the next group uh smaller group is is the shall not be infringed take it from my cold dead hands uh march armed and and so forth and you know god bless you guys power to you but that's not what this is this is not a protest it's not a march it's not a revolution this is using the system that we have and going through the process as the founders did leading all the way up to lexington and concord it's a step-by-step -step process, and they continued talking throughout the process. Um, and so this is for us. It's not for, for the politicians. It's not for the TV cameras. It's not for anything else. It's for us to come together and to rally together. And maybe it's a precursor to another march or another rally or another event next year or sometime down the road but this rally is about rights grassroots rights activists coming together to share energy and ideas and um we think it's going to be great there is actually uh i i found out long after we had started putting this together, that there's a rally scheduled for November the 9th. And I'm having trouble finding coherent information about it, but it, it seems like there's some talk about an armed march in Virginia up to the DC line or something like that. Mm. Um, so, you know, if they want to do that, there, there's that opportunity. Um, but I, I don't... <sighs> I don't understand why someone wants to denigrate 
this event and the people who are putting this event together um, with that kind of negative, uh, you know, dismissal. Um, if you don't want to come to DC because you don't want to obey their very strict gun laws, don't. Um, simple as that. But but please don't call me a fud just because I'm willing to do that. You're um, a fud? No way. Somebody. If anybody called you a fud, they. I'm sorry. What? Yeah, they haven't met me. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I, it, I, I remember when dad first went to the NRA back in, you know, dad led the revolution at NRA in 1977. And then he became the executive director of NRA ILA. And, um, at, and then he went on to the board of directors and was the vice president and, and so forth. He was in line to be the president, but they brought Charlton Heston in to bump dad out of the chairs because he was too radical for them, uh, for the, the leadership that was. It was actually a fight about money. Uh, Dad thought that the, uh, that the fundraisers were getting too much money and that the people's work wasn't being done. And it turns out 23 years later that he was right. Uh, so, but, but um, Dad, uh, I had a place that I was going with this, Cheryl. I'm sure of it. Sorry. Um, they, it's the whole fun thing. Fun. Oh, they yes. they used to say there there this thing would go around that that dad's only focus was was this gun rights stuff that he was only focused on political stuff, and it's like wait excuse me time time out this is Neil Knox he's one of the most respected gun writers technical gun writers in the country at the time he was a national champion bench rest shooter and a, a competitor in all sorts of shooting sports. Um, that's the guy, love him to death. Um, and actually, I don't know if you can see it, the, the picture right underneath the book back there, that's a picture of my father and me when I was nine years old on my ninth birthday, dad giving me a Browning BL-22. It was brand new, hadn't even been released to the market yet. And that was my ninth birthday present. And mom caught a picture of him giving that to me in the living room of our home in Sydney, Ohio. At the time. No, Chillicothe, Illinois. Um, because we moved from place to place. And one of the things that dad said when he took a, took a new job was, well, I want the company to move to someplace that's more gun-friendly than Illinois, which was where it was at the time. So we lived in Illinois for a couple of years and then the company moved to Arizona and uh, it continues up in Prescott at Wolf Publishing, uh, putting out rifle and hand loader magazines and all kinds of specialty books and uh, a great organization. And dad was the editor and publisher there for years. But, you know, um, I was shooting combat pistol, action pistol uh, uh, in my twenties. And I remember dad you know, he was not familiar with it, had never shot it before. And we went out to a cactus match out here at Ben Avery one, one day and in the early 80s, I think it was, maybe mid-80s, and loaned him a gun. So he's shooting my gun and absolutely blew me away. <laughs> uh, he just, that's what he did. When he pulled the trigger, he, he won. He was at the national, the, the regional high power competition uh, he and Jim Carmichael stopped by just to talk to the guys, take some pictures, and maybe put something in the magazine back in the, the late 70s, early 70s, mid-70s, something. Anyway, 
somebody said, hey, you guys should shoot the thousand yard. We here, here's a rifle, here's some, here's a spotting scope. You guys should shoot. And uh, so they shot and dad and Jim won the match. Neither of them had ever shot thousand yard competition before, but they were prairie dog shooters. They were bench rest shooters. They were very good friends. So they communicated really well and they worked well as a team and they knew how to talk to one another. And they were both really, really good on a trigger. And they won the Bloomin' match, much to the dismay of the guys who loaned them their secondhand guns. But, <laughs> you know, it's you get those attitudes that, oh, you're not part of my group. You're not, you know, no, guys, we're, I, I'm a veteran. Uh, I, I'm a member and officer in my local VFW post. Um, I've been in this for my whole life. I've been running the Firearms Coalition for 13, 14 years now. Mm. Um, I've been to Capitol Hill. I've been in these guys' offices. I've, I've worked it. I've taken them to the range. Mm -hmm. I, I took a, a federal judge who was being considered heavily for a Supreme Court position. I took her and her entire staff uh, out to the range and we spent the day shooting and had a blast. And I think we changed some attitudes on that day. And it was a connection that was worthwhile, you know? That's the good stuff. And that is exactly what the goal for this rally is. It is not to be provocative. It is not to be aggressive. It is, it is one piece of the puzzle that you and a group of people got together with and said, this is the right time, the right place, the right everything. And this is the way we're throwing our party, right? Right. We're not denigrating anybody else for having a different kind of party. And we would appreciate it if you wouldn't do that to us um, mm -hmm. and make it harder for, uh, you know, friends and neighbors to join in because we're not doing it the way in this box, the way this person mm -hmm. does. Um, right. <clears throat> and so we've got, but, but the rally, you know, this has come together really fast. It's come together really well, amazingly well. We've got, I think the last time I looked over 4,000 people registered and there's no incentive really to register. So uh, we've, we've got, uh, people registering, people saying, yes, I'm going to be there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, a thousand people is successful. Mm -hmm. um, 5,000 people is spectacular. Mm -hmm. If we blow out of that, you know, 10,000, uh, okay, you bet. But it's not about the numbers. It's not about the people looking inside, except I, I will give this. This is mostly about us and us connecting and us unifying and us um, taking energy from one another. But it's, there's an aspect of it that, hey, look at this. These aren't the people that you think they are. Right. These, this, isn't, this isn't what you think. These aren't who you think. And these are your neighbors. These are your friends. These are the folks at church with you. Mm -hmm. These these are regular Americans, and they are the gun lobby, Absolutely. and that's the point. So, when one thing when I'm listening to these people that are like, "Well, 
you know, I think you're doing it wrong and you should be doing it this way and should be doing it that way. Um, when my daughter was young, uh, we had a birthday party for her and it was, you know, because of the age that she was that there was no alcohol and, but they mm -hmm. were at that age that, mm, you know, we felt like we had to say it. So we said no alcohol at this party, you know, it's, uh, I don't remember if she was eighth grade, ninth grade, something like that. Well, one of the attendees decided that they wanted to do it their own way. And so they showed up with a little bit of alcohol. Well, what one of the kids, one of the kids. So uh, what happened for that person, right? They came to our party that we planned that we put time and energy and money into to celebrate something, someone, they decided to break the rules. So it took time and energy out of my life as a parent. I couldn't spend time with my daughter. I had to address this situation. I had to call this person's parents and have them removed. So they didn't even get to participate and what we were doing. So I paint this analogy for those out there that might be thinking that it's fun and clever to come to someone else's party and make up their own rules about how this party should be conducted and thrown. It's mm -hmm. not fun, it's not classy, it's not being a, a true Second Amendment um, advocate uh, to, to try to make this party your own. Come and enjoy what, what the organizers, what Jeff and the other organizers have put together. If you want to throw a different kind of party, go throw a different kind of party and invite mm -hmm. us. We might come, we mm -hmm. might not, but we're not going to try to tell you how you've done yours wrong. So we just mm -hmm. appreciate the same, the same respect on this side. Right. Well, and I, I, I attend, I have attended a lot of open carry rallies and, um, um, you know, not carry rallies and um, marches and events and protests. Um, and it is, it's, you know, the, the, the organizers, it's, it's our party and we'll do it the way we want to. And if you don't like that, then don't come. And that's fine. Um, but, but we would encourage you to, to not disparage it. Um, the other thing that that keeps going around, and this is one that that I really um, I don't I don't see a concern. I've been to a lot of things on the mall in D.C. I've been to big rallies and small rallies and and big events and little events in D.C. And um, this idea that there's going to be some sort of false flag attack or or Antifa counter protesting or you know violence or any of that nonsense i would not hesitate to bring my five-year-old grandson to this rally i i'm not the least bit concerned about it um that's just as far as i'm concerned just silliness um it's dc is one of the most highly policed cities in the country and downtown on the mall is probably the most highly policed uh, two miles uh, in the country outside of San Quentin Prison. Um, so, so I don't, I don't anticipate any concerns in that regard. I'm not worried in the least about it, and and I don't think anyone else should be either. Uh, of course, we're going to be aware and we're going to be conscientious and we're going to be keep our eyes open and head on the swivel and watch each other's six and all of that stuff. 
because that's what you do when you're smart. Mm-hmm. But um, so here's the thing. So those that want to be conspiracy theorists or those that want to, you know, try to paint things that in a way they may or may not be. So if the powers that be have organized this, this, this area where you're not allowed to carry firearms because they know that we will never come there, right? Mm-hmm. And we will never speak in that space. Well, mm-hmm. if you want to be a rebel, come, even though you disagree with their rules and speak in their space. Why? Right. They don't have to say following their rules. <clears throat> yeah. They don't have to say your first amendment rights are suspended in, in this area. They, if, if they can say, well, your second amendment rights are restricted a little bit, like completely, totally forever <laughs> in this area. And that is effective at, at shutting down our second amendment rights. I mean, our first amendment rights. Well, we shouldn't let them get away with that. And it's, it's better to exercise the first amendment rights, um, and regain the second amendment rights in that, you know, that zone, Mm -hmm. um, than it is to start a war. So let's, let's just for right now, let's do it this way. And, um, if you guys, once again, it, and I tell people on Instagram and on Facebook uh, every day, you know, well, when you organize that rally, you let me know. When you organize that march, you let me know. And I'll, I'll look at promoting it or, or helping you with it or, or whatever. But, exactly. and, and this is the other really big thing is that if you said we're doing an armed march in D.C., you would literally get. 50 people show up yeah, and then they would all look around and they would disappear because it's the public is not ready for that. And it's not time for that. And, um, you know, if you can figure out a way to make it work and keep it peaceful and all of that, I'm, I'm not opposed, but like, like Cheryl says, this is our party. You can, you know, come or not come, but please do follow the rules because it's, uh, it keeps the problems down and we don't need those problems right now. We've got bigger problems that we need to address. Absolutely. The other thing that I've heard bantered about out there is that somehow it's going to be a big, you know, let's get together and talk bad about, you know, one of the three letter organizations. And that is not why I'm showing up. And if that was the agenda, I'm not, I'm, that's not my thing. I'm not about Mm -hmm. that. So, um, again, if somebody wants to get up on stage and that's the thing that they use their speech time to do, I mean, you know, first amendment, do your thing, but that doesn't represent me and it doesn't represent why I'm involved in this. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say about that particular, uh, thing that's going on out there in the gospel? Well, that was something that we addressed right off the bat when when we started talking about seriously doing this was that it absolutely is not an anti-NRA rally. It absolutely is not a pro-other organization rally. Um, it And we've got speaker guidelines that we say, you know, guys, it's your five minutes, but 
here we would prefer that you stick to Second Amendment, Bill of Rights, um, not talk about how great your organization is, please send money, or um, anything about how bad this organization is, don't send money, you know. Um, we really want all of the focus to be on the gun lobby and making the gun lobby more effective. And that means getting more people involved and sharing that energy in DC, I think is a great way to do that. And so that's what we're going to do. I love it. And I, I mean, honestly, when you first mentioned it to me, I had, I had those questions and mm -hmm. I asked you, and you answered me and I took you at your word. And then I started seeing all the other people that were putting energy behind it and getting excited. And I, I could see in real time that truth living out because how many of us make our, our brand or, or base our brand on any of that stuff? We don't, we're, you know, we're either like, oh, we're competitive shooters. That's our lane within the lane. Or, you know, mm -hmm. me, I'm trying to reach that middle space. That's that lane within a lane. And I'm not going to be able to do that if I'm sitting there, you know, my whole message is, you know, bad mouthing, you know, some organization that I think right. does a lot of good in a lot of uh, ways. They're just, they might need some uh, house cleaning or they might need some reorganization or they might need, or maybe not. I don't even know, you know, that's, that is not my place to say. So. And it's, it's in a way it's irrelevant. And in a way it's, it's very relevant. Mm -hmm. The, the way that it's, it's irrelevant is that, you know, nobody really knows mm -hmm. what's going on inside at the top of the NRA. And I've been following and reporting on them for decades, uh, as did my father and I'm a life member, endowment member, and I'm proud of my NRA affiliation. And um, so I, I encourage everyone to be a member of the NRA, and I do it frequently in my columns. Um, the, the, the place that it does matter is the perception that because the NRA might not have as much money or because the NRA might not have as much influence because of being weakened by these scandals and whatnot, that the gun lobby is crippled. Right. And we want to make it really clear, you know, as I said before, we're the gun lobby and right. we're not going away. And we are going to show up in November next year. We're going to show up in November this year and we're going to show up at the polls at November next year. And you know, don't under underrate us. Don't under expect from us. I I really get frustrated with the the um, well, the Republicans. The Democrats have chosen to be the party of infringement. The Democrats have grabbed on to gun control as a major party platform, mm -hmm. and the presidential contenders are are really going nuts with that. But um, the Republicans, who are our only valid alternative have traditionally, historically, and especially recently, been very wishy-washy on the whole thing. They seem to be willing to try and make deals. And that's really problematic because my gun voters are inclined to say, well, a pox on both your houses, that's it. I'm, I'm not even going to vote. I'm going to go deer hunting on, on election day. And 
that's the one thing that we absolutely can't afford. Right. At this juncture in American politics, where we stand right now, the only choice, as far as I'm concerned, for gun owners, gun voters, is you have to show up and you have to vote for the guy that's not so bad. <laughs> you that's that's it that whole lesser of two evils you oh, know, isn't that sad it's, it's so sad it is, I mean, it is. we live in the real world and that is reality so yeah. I, I wrote an article several years ago i called it the the evil of two lessers and i was arguing that that when you're down to a choice between the lesser of two evils pick the other guy you know, if, if, you've, if you've only got this guy and this guy and they're both bad, well, pick the other guy. Mm -hmm. And that used to be, I, I honestly believed that and I, and I still want to believe that. But at this point in time, especially for our gun rights and a whole lot of other stuff, we're sitting on the edge of a cliff. Yeah. And maybe this side slopes down and but this side drops off into a chasm that has no bottom and we we have a choice between going off the cliff or rolling down the hill right. well if we're rolling down the hill maybe we can stop and we can get things leveled out again if we step off the cliff it's all over and and then the boogaloo guys and and all of their <laughs> whatnot you know let's begin the dance uh because that's that's where it's heading if we don't turn out and take action in november of 2020 especially but there's state elections in virginia right now and they're critical they're very important yeah. and gun owners need to turn out for that yeah. um I think there's one other state, uh, I don't remember, that does these off-year off elections. But uh, the whole legislature in Virginia is up for election uh, come November. And that's one of the reasons that the Virginia Citizens Defense League and other Virginia organizations are not as actively engaged in organizing for the rally because they've got other stuff on their plates. Um, and and but. Here's the thing that I would ask of everybody who's listening. Retweet it, repost it on Facebook, share it, especially tweeting. I think that we're not getting enough Twittering out there, but, um, but share the information, just share it. There's a page at our website at secondamendmentrally.com. Um, there's, a, there's a tab there for resources. And what's there is media stuff that, that here's a picture that you can select. Here's a, a, a um, uh, a flyer that you can print out and take to your local gun store. Here's uh, a button that you can put on your website or ask someone else to put on their website uh, that takes them to the, the rally page. You know, all of this stuff is available out there and get it, use it, send it out. If you can make it to DC, do so. If you can organize buses, if you have five or six guys that that are saying, well, can we carpool? Can we steal the wife's minivan? Can we rent a minivan? Well, can we rent a bigger van? Well, can we charter a bus? Start collecting names. Do it yourself. It is up to you. If it's going to be, it's up to thee, or whatever that saying is. Um, we are the gun lobby. You are the gun lobby. Take the action that needs to be taken to, to make it work, to bring it to fruition, to... Um, Help share the joy, share the love, you know? 
absolutely. Um, and we do need to wrap up, but I wanted to just touch again on that we are the gun lobby. So people that are like, okay, I don't even really know what that means. Like a lobbyist, like, like you're saying, it, you picture like a super slick car salesman kind of a guy with, you know, smoking a big cigars. I don't know what people picture, but too long, for too long, we have abdicated to mm -hmm. the person that we elected, right. right? Or to one of the three letter gun rights organizations. Right. Our voice and our power and everything. I've heard so many people say over the past year, well, I wrote my check to the fill in the blank, right? The, NRA, right. the SAI, the FPC, the whatever it is. I wrote my check, so I did my part. No, you did part of your part, right? Right. So what this is, is repersonalizing it. Is when you say we are the gun lobby and, and you're looking at Cheryl Todd and you're saying, Cheryl Todd, you're the gun lobby. It is that, that we have to be personally involved in interacting with our elected officials. We have to vote even for the dog catcher, right? Mm -hmm. That's Absolutely. where a lot of times people enter the political system and then they start working their way through. And those are non-political. Um, uh, Nonpartisan offices and little politicians grow up to be big politicians. And so you have to be paying attention to the little politicians too. And I ask those questions when somebody wants me to, you know, share their stuff on Facebook or support them in some way or whatever through one of my businesses or whatever. I ask them, okay, are you Democrat or, well, we don't, it doesn't matter in this election. And I say, but it matters to me. And you asked me to do something for you. So mm -hmm. it matters to me. And uh, then, of course, I drill them in on that. I am a single issue voter. It is the Second Amendment period, end of story. And if they are squishy on the Second Amendment, if they're open to conversations that I can educate them, great. If not, see ya. So yep. that is the yep. level of involvement that we need to be. And if you don't like the, the phrase or the title, you are the gun lobby, well, phrase it however it feels comfortable to you. You're an American citizen right? Mm -hmm. You're a constitutionalist. You are a parent who is responsible for how you hand over the nation to your children and your children's children. However, that makes the most sense to you, those out there listening, driving in your car right now, mowing your lawn, whatever you're doing. Just understand that we're trying to repersonalize the level of responsibility because the president, God love him. I mean, we elected the supposed most pro-gun president ever. And he's still done some things that have made our hair stand on end. We can't just cast a vote and walk away. We have to tell our representatives how we want them to represent us. Hold yep. their feet to the fire, constantly be in an education stance. And uh, you know, that we mentioned the NRA, they're going through a rough patch. A lot of big organizations go through rough patches. If our entire uh, Second Amendment and the, the value and the, the trust and the faith that, that our founding fathers sent down to us crumbles because one organization is going through a rough patch, what are we doing with our lives? Right. I'm, that's, I'm sorry, I am soapboxing now, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's, and, and it, it really does. Uh, 
it, it harkens back actually to the speech that I gave at the gun rights policy conference a couple of weeks ago, um, that there is no more I gave at the office. Uh, you have to get your hands dirty, roll up your sleeves, take action. And it's not tough. Um, one of the things that's just really incredibly frustrating is that several of, of the organizations out there, um, and, and I'm working on doing one of my own, have these mechanisms that they send you an email alert. It says, hey, Cheryl, this is going on in the legislature or in Congress or from the president. Here's a letter that we wrote that you can change it and edit it if you want, or just click the button and it will go out under your name. And that's all you have to do. You enter your name and address one time. And from then on, all you do is click a button and it goes out. You've sent a letter to your representative. Um, and a whole bunch of people just won't do that. It's and so it's easy. Like, just do it. Just do it. Yes, it's better if you write your own letter. Yes, it's better if you make a phone call. Yes, it's better if you send an email message. But at least do this. At least click the button when uh, the AZCDL sends you a, an update or VCDL or GOA or uh, Firearms Policy coalition or the firearms coalition or whoever it is at least click the button send that note Amen. but you know do the minimum but try and do more than the minimum because it is up to you you are the gun lobby and uh, the president's recent hesitation and backing up and and so forth on the whole background checks and and red flag laws that we strongly oppose um, for a myriad of reasons, but, but that recent backing up, yeah, Wayne LaPierre called him, talked to him. Yeah, I called him, talked to his staff people, um, and staff people called me back and talked to me some more and asked me for articles and we, we communicated. But the main thing, and one of the things that I was pushing and several other people was, were pushing, was call the White House comment line and let them know that he's making a mistake and that it's going to cost Republicans in the coming election. It might not cost him the election, but it's going to cost other Republicans the election if they keep going down this road. <clears throat> and that gets their attention because, as my father always said, the single attribute that a politician needs to be successful is the ability to be elected. And if you can impact their ability to be elected, you have power over them and they will change their, you know, feel the fire, see the light. Um, so here's the one thing that I ask people to do aside from coming to the rally and spreading the word about the rally. As far as being the gun lobby, here's what you need to do. Find one or two sources of information that you trust that are reliable and timely and when they send you a note and say, we need you to take action on this, click this button, make this call, do it. That's it. Just do it. Find your news source, act on the information they provide. If you do that and you do it every time, we win every single time. Yeah. We just have to, each of us individually, do our part. And our part is click that button, write that letter, make that call. 
that's that's all it takes and we win so see you in dc absolutely and just quickly as we go out please tell folks how they can buy this awesome book and learn a ton of history in the process and also uh stay on top of all the the work that you're doing as well well the easiest thing is just firearmscoalition.org firearmscoalition no space dot org um I'm also on AmmoLand. You can look up my name on AmmoLand and you can find all of my articles there. I'm also at Firearms News um, Magazine, so firearmsnews.com or Firearms News on the newsstand. Uh, you can routinely find my articles there. But my website is firearmscoalition.org and uh, you'll find a link to, to purchase the book there. And you'll find a link to the Second Amendment rally page. And um, that link, by the way, when you go to the rally page, go look in the, in the resources and pull that button or one of those buttons to throw on your website and to help promote the rally that way. So um, that, that's really, for me, my favorite one-stop shop for you is to go to firearmscoalition.org and see what we're saying and, and find the link to the rally. And we'll see you in DC. That's what we want to do. Fantastic. And this is totally grassroots. This is nonpartisan. This is non- Non-denominational. Non-denominational, <laughs> non-party specific. Um, and so you're on your own to find a good uh, hotel room, but DC has a gajillion, I think- I will throw like in. Vegas. I will throw in a lot of our viewers, if they were to go, would probably be flying in. I am just inking a deal with the Hyatt Place in uh, Reston that uh, $89 a night includes free parking and free breakfast and a free shuttle from Dulles International Airport and a free shuttle to the DC Metro at the Reston Station. So you can fly in and for 89 bucks for one night, um, they will pick you up at the airport. They'll take you to the metro station in the morning. They'll come and pick you up again and take you to the airport. So it's practically free. That is practically free. Almost, yeah. Based on based on a lot of the travel I've done, so um, that's a heck of a deal. And so that keep an eye on our website for details that. on that. There will be some sort of a code that you'll need to do at reservation, but uh, that's that's coming. Um, That'll be where all the cool kids are staying. So that's an extra bonus. <laughs> so anyway, probably so. Jeff Knox, I so appreciate you. Jeff Knox of the Firearms Coalition. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cheryl. Always a pleasure. Absolutely. All right. Stick around. There's always lots more coming up on Gun Freedom Radio.